If your spider plant is looking peaky and that Venus flytrap you bought just kicked the bucket, you need On The Ledge, the podcast about indoor gardening where you learn everything you need to know to keep your house plants looking lush. I'm Jane Perone. Join me and a host of wonderful guests to chat all things houseplants at On The Ledge Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode six of the Miles to Memories podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, editor-in-chief of Miles to Memories, joined each and every Thursday by my co-hosts, Joe Chung uh, from As the Joe Flies in the Observation Deck podcast, and Mark Osterman, uh, managing editor of Miles to Memories. How are you guys doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Just uh, chilling here. It's starting to feel like fall up here in Boston, so that's always a good and a bad thing. I'm excited because Joe said he's super spicy tonight, so I think he's getting, some anger is going to come out. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Well, the thing is, I'm not angry at anything Miles and Points related, so you know we'll see what you guys can get me angry about. Just use the fuel. Use it like like you're competing or something. Just burn it out right now. <laughs> yeah, good point. I can use it to drive me. So how was your weekend? How was your week? I uh, spent the weekend last uh, last weekend in Big Bear with my family, with my nieces and my brother, and that was really fun and beautiful. I saw that murder shack you were staying in. <laughs> looked, looked pretty cozy. It wasn't that. Actually, we had a very nice Verbo, and uh, my brother uh, was complaining about it the whole weekend. So I took a picture of like, the, the worst house I could find and then put it up on Facebook and tagged him in it as if that was the one that he uh, decided to, to get. Oh, that, so you trolled him. That wasn't even the house. Oh, yeah. I was totally trolling him because the, the Verbo we had was great, but he was still complaining about it the whole time. So he'll never listen to this, so it doesn't matter. But... Uh, yeah. So yeah, I was just trolling a little bit, but it was great. It's beautiful up there. Uh, the lake is sort of, the water level is pretty low and the, the trees are kind of dry up there now. So it's kind of different than the last time I was there, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, is that how you pronounce it? I've always pronounced it VRBO, but obviously I've never heard it out loud. Well, actually I always thought it was VRBO. And then I don't know if it was because I was in one this weekend or something, but I got served an ad on YouTube uh, just yesterday uh, for Verbo and it says Verbo in it like 10 different times. So yeah, I guess that's exactly, that's how you're supposed to do it. But I didn't know how to pronounce it until yesterday. So today I learned. (laughs) I like VRBO better. I don't know. It rings better, but I mean, that's how they want it to be said. Although the creator of the GIF wants it to be pronounced with a soft G and the internet thinks he's wrong. So maybe what creators think doesn't matter. GIF. It's always going to be GIF. So what did you guys do this last week? Um, well, as you so kindly noted in the show notes, uh, Joe and Mark's boring lives. So really, I did not do much of anything. I've started to plan for my Disney trip, um, which means you know I've been making dining reservations or gardening dining reservations and changing my fast fast plus reservations. I'm going to be there in a few weeks. Um, but other than that, not much travel related. I'm just kind of getting in the swing of things in fall, you know, with the kids and all their activities, just getting used to that. Uh, my mom was in town visiting, so I got a rare date night out with the wife, which was nice. And then just looking forward, I'm heading to New York City this weekend to check out Yankee Stadium, knock another one off the list. So excited for that. Hmm, you sound like you have a problem, Mark like an addiction <laughs> don't spoil the show joe we'll hold that we'll hold off we'll hold off well let's uh before we get in the show just a reminder to everyone out there uh you can 
Uh, subscribe to the show at mtmpodcast.com, and you can subscribe on Apple, Google, or uh, any other sort of device or app that you use to listen to podcasts. And if you really do like the show, please consider giving us a great review. It helps us reach more people, and we love to read them. And uh, it's a great uh, topic of discussion for us throughout the week. Every time somebody says something nice about Sean, uh, I don't know that they've ever said anything nice about either one of you, but maybe this will be your week. I don't know. But uh, have, have they actually said something nice about Sean? Like, I don't, remember. I don't, remember <laughs> I don't think so. That. I don't really think so. But uh, in my dreams, maybe. I don't know. Uh, we do appreciate all the great reviews. Uh, and uh, I know everybody loves Joe and Mark. And uh, hopefully someday somebody will love me. But uh, thank you so much, everyone out there listening and subscribing and uh, reviewing the show. Let's get into the show. Our first topic today is sort of a, a bit of a controversial uh, controversy, I guess, that we uh, that we had on Twitter slash the blog. Unsurprisingly, it's something that Mark kind of started, right, Mark? Are you saying I always start stuff? Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> Wait, are you are you saying he started resort fees? Like, what are you trying to say? No, you started by writing about uh, a resort fee as a percentage of room rate at a Marriott hotel in Northern Michigan a couple weeks ago. The Inn at Bay Harbor in Northern Michigan charges a resort fee now instead of a flat fee. It's a ten percent of what the actual room rate is. Which is outrageous. Yeah, so uh, Mark wrote a post about that, and then uh, my good friend Greg, the frequent miler, wrote a response to that saying why he liked uh, Marriott resort fees as a percentage of the room rate, because at that hotel, apparently, when he stayed there, they didn't charge him any resort fee because he was on an award. That's great and all, but I had to uh, (laughs) open my big mouth and respond to Greg. And just anyone listening, I had reached out to Greg ahead of time. He knew, I know that sort of takes some of the tension out of this, but he knew I was going to write that post. Nonetheless, I have a huge issue with uh, resort fees as a percentage of room rate. I kind of have a different view than some people, I guess. So uh, Greg and I sort of went back and forth. And, uh, you know, what do you guys think about sort of the a policy of instead of a flat resort fee, uh, we'll start with that, a resort fee that's a percentage of what the actual rate is. There was no tension just uh, for the record, as an objective viewer, it did not seem like there was any tension. Well, we can well, link we're, the, we're trying to build drama here, Joe. Come on. We can, we can, <laughs> we can link it. Well, the drama is that Sean thinks there's tension, but there is none. That, that's the drama. Okay, I'm gonna link the I'm gonna link the tweet in the show notes, listeners. You can see for yourselves. Maybe we'll put a poll up whether you think there was actually tension or not, and then it'll get really tense on the internet. Well, yeah, really. I mean, it's it's tension between the two nicest bloggers in the travel points thing. So yeah, it's it was, like tension between two Canadians or something like that. <laughs> so anyway, um, I'm sorry, I already forgot your question, Sean. I mean, uh, so the thing is that I have a deep distrust for Marriott, and actually a deep distrust for most uh, hotel companies when it comes to these resort fees because we've only seen them over the last ten years spread like viruses, and so Marriott. While at this one uh, property, they're not apparently they're not charging a resort fee if you're on an award stay. There's a couple issues with that. The first off, anybody who's paying cash for the hotel is paying a much higher fee than they used to in most cases, especially during the high season. And then uh, there's nothing in the terms that guarantees that they don't start charging resort fee because with Marriott Bonvoy, uh, one of the many ways that they Bonvoy people is that on award stays you do have to pay resort fees. They're not waived like with other programs such as Hyatt. So, I mean, thought maybe it'd be good to talk a little bit about why this policy is bad and then, you know, where we should go, where we think resort fees should go as far as legislation, because people are always talking about ban resort fee, ban resort fees. I don't necessarily have that opinion. So what do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure what you think, Mark, but uh, I would love to 
I guess, take Greg's quote unquote side on this issue. I'm not really sure there's a side to take. I think he illustrated an example where a resort fee being percentage of a room rate is a good thing or can work out in the consumer's favor. Uh, However, you know, I don't, it's kind of like comparing apples and oranges, right? Like you're talking about, you're comparing the way a resort fee is calculated with whether resort fees should exist at all or whether they should be disclosed. So to me, you know, you guys were quote unquote arguing on Twitter, but you're kind of like talking about two different things. So bottom line for me, I can see how resort fees being a percentage can work out, especially for hotels that have lower rates. Um, But that doesn't speak to, you know, whether resort fees should exist or whether the rules about how they're being disclosed are any good right now. And of course, obviously, I don't trust Bonvoy at all either. What do you think, Mark? See, I think because Bonvoy did uh, put it on there when you when you go to book the room that there will be a 10% fee on, on award nights because they normally do charge it on award nights. I think it's just like an IT issue at this point uh, that, that you're not getting charged for it because it's 10% of nothing for the award. I think that once they figure out how to charge it, if they charge at the, the price of booking or something, I do think that in the future they will charge... Um, a resort fee on award stays, even if it's a percentage of booking. So I think this is just a precursor. It might work out well now, but I think in the future, there's a high chance that they start charging on award stays as well. I think that's the point Sean was trying to make. Um, and I agree with him that it might work out in our favor now, but I think down down in the future, in the long run, it's going to kind of hinder against us. We're going to get charged that 10% fee. And I do think that's outrageous because that hotel can go up to seven dollars $800 a night in the summertime when it's really busy, 4th of July, maybe even close to $1,000. So you're looking at like a $70, $80 resort fee, which is just astronomically high. As far as for resort fees overall, I'm I'm kind of along with Sean on this. I don't mind resort fees because I think he did a post a while back uh, about Vegas and looking at resort fees then and now. And resort fees are high, but the overall room rate is about the same over the last four or five years. So resort fees is just a way for the the hotel to get more money and keep it away from the Expedias and stuff because they don't pay off of that. So if they just would disclose it up front, I think that'd be better because the room rates are pretty much flat, but the resort fees are becoming a bigger portion of it. And people just get upset because they don't know about them in the future or they don't know about them when they when they go to book it. Is that kind of what you think, Sean? Yeah. And I, back to the hotel in Michigan, that hotel uh, is notoriously hard to get awards at. So there's very few awards available. So yes, the very rare person who's getting an award there is paying less, but the vast majority of customers are paying cash and paying more. So even at that one specific hotel, this policy is worse for customers, except for the very few. I definitely agree with Greg's point if he wants to be as granular as that. And uh, he definitely is sharing his experience. And I think it's great that he wasn't charged a resort fee, but his title of his post was why I like Marriott resort fees as a percentage of room rate. And overall, it's bad for customers at that hotel. It's bad for customers with Marriott Bonvoy. And if this uh, practice continues, I mean, we're going to see these types of resort fees spread. And as you said, Mark, I just don't understand the argument against resort fees when we should actually be trying to get legislation passed to force uh OTAs and hotel companies to to actually show the final cost, including taxes too. I want to know what the rate is. You can charge me any fees you want. You can charge whatever the taxes are. Just show me what the final cost is up front, just like we see with airfare. In airfare, we see companies like Spirit charging all kinds of crazy fees. We have, of course, fuel surcharges. But when we search for airfare, we just see what the actual cost of the ticket is. That's what we should be looking for in the hotel space instead of trying to pass a very like narrow-minded 
legislation or to sue company like in Washington, D.C., they recently sued Marriott just for the resort fee practice, because if we knock out resort fees, they're going to come up with something else uh, to replace them. So uh, we should actually be trying to come up to a solution to the problem instead of like playing whack-a-mole and trying to get rid of, you know, one singular type of fee. So, I mean, obviously, I'm like totally down and agree 100% that the final price should always be transparent um, to, you know, the consumer. But what you guys brought up that I hadn't thought of is that, you know, if the hotels are trying to shield this money from the OTAs, you know, part of me wonders, well, if these resort fees get disclosed, then will it have to be shown on the OTAs? And then if it's shown on the OTAs, are the resorts no longer shielding the money from the OTAs? And then, you know, is that going to come back and bite us some other way? Um, like, you know, maybe they ri- raise the overall prices. Um, so, you know, I haven't had the time to kind of process that. Yes, I want everything to be transparent, but you guys just have me thinking right now and I'm talking off the top of my head, like what would that mean kind of what's step B, C, and D after that happens? Well, we're already, we already see it with airfare. So, I mean, airfare already, if you go to ITA matrix, you can search airfare and see the breakdown of all the fees and everything. But when you go search Expedia, you're going to get the final cost of the ticket. And so it's already exists there. And, and I do think that the OTAs are already trying to renegotiate their contracts because um, they're losing so much money to resort fees. We saw booking.com just a couple months ago um, put pressure on, I, I can't remember the, the hotel chain, but they came out and said that they're going to start pursuing uh, their commission on resort fees. So I think that that part is going to die anyway. But uh, as consumers, I think we should stop worrying about the resort fee as sort of a loaded term and start figuring out what sort of legislation can be the best for us. And I think something that mirrors what we see with airfare that allows us to see the final price is the best uh, solution for consumers. And then, yeah, I mean, uh, you're, you do have a point. I mean, it could cause prices to go higher, but I suppose supply and demand will uh, have some um, determinant on uh, on what happens there as well. Yeah, I mean, in some ways, resort fees are kind of just the, uh, it's not quite a straw man, but like it's the thing that you're, rallying against but you know really that's i agree with you that's probably not the ultimate problem like to me i don't care what you call fee a b c or d uh like you keep saying you know i just want to know what the final price is and i don't know what that looks like because i don't understand how the government works or whatever or doesn't work um but you know i'm i'm all for what you're saying that i would like to see in the end just whatever the final price is is what we see and you know, going back to your little Twitter quote unquote fight with uh, Greg, you know, I think that's drama, you, drama, 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 drama. I think that I think that's where you guys are coming. Like you guys are coming at it from like different angles because Greg is just talking about how it's good for specific bookings. But, you know, you're talking about the overall big picture. And I am 99.99% sure that on the big things you guys agree and you guys are just kind of discussing little nuances. Uh, discussing, quote unquote. Yeah, I mean, that's true. And um, I just saw it as an opportunity to have a bigger discussion, which is sort of what I did. Because as you've mentioned a million times, there was no real drama between me and Greg. And I, like I said, I had reached out to him beforehand. He so. admits it. Sorry. <laughs> so yeah, there was no big thing here. But I did think it was a great opportunity to have this sort of discussion. And um, I do hope to move the the needle maybe a tiny bit away from like, everybody just sort of attacking resort fees and maybe look at the bigger picture to see how we can be protected better as consumers instead of just playing whack-a-mole. So that's sort of my position on it. And uh, like you said, I think Greg probably agrees with that. Nothing's better than putting words in other people's mouths. So I'm totally down with that. (sighs) Exactly. He can come on here. Greg approves this comment. (laughs) (laughs) 
anyway. So yeah, so that's it. I mean, that's an interesting, hopefully, take on resort fees for people and maybe something different than you've heard before. And, uh, you know, that's what I want to do. Have a conversation, move the, move the needle, like I said. So let's uh, move on to the next topic. And uh, this is just a quick kind of rumor mill. Um, this sort of news broke earlier this week that City National Bank is, um, there's a rumor that was on Reddit and covered by Doctor of Credit saying that City National Bank may be changing the fee or the, the travel airline incidental travel credit for their very popular Crystal Visa Infinite product. And just a quick rundown of that, that product comes with a $400 annual fee, and you can actually have up to three or four. Some people have gotten up to four authorized users. But the key thing about that is each card that you have, the primary, and then up to three or four authorized users get a $250 credit each year. So potentially for a $400 annual fee, you can get up to $1,250 in uh, travel credit, plus the card comes with a lot of other cool benefits. But the uh, rumor is that it will go down to $350 credit across all of the cards, including the authorized user cards. And does that sort of change the, I know it changes the value, but does that make it a card, you know, not worth getting for either of you guys? How credible do you think this is? I mean, I believe it because I didn't believe how generous it was in the first place, but I'm just curious whether you guys think that this is actually going to go down. I think it will, because if you look at their history, it started off with a hundred thousand dollar or a hundred thousand point welcome offer. Then it went down to like 70, 50, then 30. And now there's no welcome offer. So I think they've been trying to scale back. I'm guessing they're running out of their budget. And I think the card is just too valuable the way it's set up. So I don't see how it could be sustainable giving away a thousand, twelve hundred dollars worth of American Airlines gift cards or whatever, however you use it for a four hundred dollar annual fee. It just doesn't make sense. So I think it is credible. And if you look at their history of dropping the uh, the sign up bonus, I think that leads to add some more credibility to it. But that's my take on it. Does everyone here have the card? I do. I do not. Do you, Joe? Yeah, I have it. So I'm curious, Mark, uh, does this make you less likely to get it now? Like uh, Sean was asking? With it not having a bonus and if it drops to $350, I definitely would not get the card. See, I think still think the card is worth, um, even at that, uh, and this may be the, a good argument, I suppose, uh, for them to, to lower it, but they still, the card still has a tremendous amount of value. It earns, has 3x earning at grocery stores. It has uh, two priority pass memberships, and then you would still get a $350 credit every year, uh, $100 uh, Visa Infinite discount on uh, airfare if for two or more people. Uh, and also you get 3X also on gas and a lot of travel to in addition to groceries. So it still has a lot of value to it. So I would probably keep it. But certainly, I mean, it, you're getting a lot less than you did if those credits do change. I will say all of those are covered by other cards. If you were just looking for one singular card, I think it would be a great card. But if you're somebody like us that has multiple cards, you know, you're getting grocery, you get four, four and a half times membership rewards. Uh, gas, you can get three times. So there's a lot of overlap there. I have so many priority pass memberships already that I don't really put a value on that. So I think if it's your singular singular card, it's a good card. If it's used in a portfolio of other cards, I think a lot of it's diminished. Plan on keeping this, um, you know, $350 travel credit out of a offsetting a $400 uh, fee is that will work for me. Um, and then the 3X at grocery works for me as well. Uh, I haven't used the $100 Visa Infinite thing before, but, you know, if I use that, um, that would obviously make things easy as well. I agree with Mark. Like, essentially, if I get a new card that offers Priority Pass, I don't even activate it because I, like, 
priority pass, it's tough to keep track of which is the correct card that I want to bring, like which is the one that allows me to bring in the most guests for free. There's one thing that I think that uh, you know you should consider. It's niche, but I'm going to go over it just in case, even if you consider having this as part of a portfolio and not as your only and not as only your singular card, like uh, Mark was saying. For Disney, um, you know, City National Bank does its cruises and tours department through connections. And so you can get 1.3 cents per point towards Disney tickets or Disney cruises or things like that. That is the best that you can do um, with any of these points. So, you know, if you're earning at 3X at groceries or whatever, you know, that's better than you can do with a thank you premiere, which is the second best since you can't do it with Chase uh, anymore. So, you know, I would definitely bear that in mind. It's a very niche situation. However, you know, it is a niche situation that definitely works for me. One uh, pro tip for the, keeping your um, your priority pass cards so you know which cards for which. What I do is on the back on the signature line, I write what card it's from. So instead of signing my name, I'll just put like Aspire or whatever. So that's one way to keep them apart. So you're not trying to remember the numbers and stuff like that. Uh, this is a serious like non-trolly question. What do you do if like, so I have I, I actually started doing that with my new ones. But like, what do you do with like all the old ones? Or should I just throw them all out? Yeah, totally cut them up. <laughs> Just, just don't deal with it, right? Yeah. yeah. Just uh, pretend that they don't exist. I guess I figured out the answer as I was asking the question, but yeah, good point. All right. Well, let's uh, let's move on. Let's take a quick break. Uh, today's show is brought to you by Travel Freely. And uh, in the past couple of weeks, Joe had talked a little bit about his experiences with Travel Freely. Um, this last week, actually in Washington, D.C., I had a chance to meet with Zach, who's the founder of Travel Freely, and talk a little bit more about the service and, and sort of the improvements He's making. And as a reminder, Travel Freely is the MTM recommended way to organize your credit cards and organize your annual fees and uh, your sign up bonuses. So they're taking lots of uh, customer feedback. Um, but basically, what works for me, and I recently have started making some videos about it and trying to really see uh, what's going to be good for people if, as we're recommending this tool. And what I really love about Travel Freely is that we're not turning over any personal information that you can just go in there, add the cards that you have, put your dates that you got the cards, and then it's going to sort of, uh, it's going to know your annual fee. It's going to know when to remind you when your uh, annual fee is going to come due. It's going to track your bonuses and everything else. And it just makes it really, really simple, especially if you're a beginner. Um, if you're like us and you have a bunch of cards, then it certainly, uh, can take a little bit more time like Joe went through to add it in, but I still think there's value there as well. But if you're new, it's a great way to sort of get ahead of the curve on tracking uh, all of this stuff, because as you do get more advanced, it uh, gets a little bit more complicated and it's free to try. And uh, I definitely recommend that everybody gives it a try, sign up, uh, input your email, you just got to verify it. And then you can go in there and add cards to show your, uh, it'll let you add your travel goals. It'll let you track all the bonuses that you have received in the past. So you can really get some useful information to kind of form a game plan on what you're going to do with travel rewards. And you can sign up uh, really simple. We uh, mtmpodcast.com forward slash TF, mtmpodcast.com forward slash TF. It's a free sign up and uh, give it a try and let us know what you think. Travel freely. All right. Now we get to talk about the fun part of the show, and that's we're going to talk about Mark's travel addiction or maybe the travel addiction that we all have or something like that. Uh, Mark. Wow. Uh, this dude pours his heart out on the internet and you make light of it by saying it's going to be fun to talk about it. Mark, <laughs> this guy's doing you dirty, man. 
Mark, let us know. Uh, tell us uh, about your uh, your quote unquote problem, or maybe what you've realized about your travel and uh, what you shared on the site this week. Yeah, so I wrote an article about how I I feel like I have a travel addiction, and I I don't think it's unique to me. I think a lot of people in the miles and points hobby have it. Uh, I did a full follow up post the next day with a little more detail, plus uh, some comments that people left that I thought were really good and kind of clarified on what I was trying to say. But the main point is, I feel like. I have to travel. An example is if I'm sitting at home and I say, oh, two weeks from now, we're not doing anything for the weekend. And I I say, well, maybe I should start looking for flights. Maybe we should go to Florida to visit my parents. Or maybe we should go, you know, check out a new baseball stadium. Or I should take my son to the beach, whatever, you know, just different things. And I'm always searching for different vacations because I feel like a weekend at home is almost like a waste when we could be doing something. And I think, and then you know, I, I have a lot of travel over the next two months. I like out of the next 12 weeks, I think I have seven trips planned. A lot of them are short trips and I'm, I come home exhausted and I get the feeling like when I'm going on the trip, I get excited for the trip. And then halfway through the trip, I, I'm starting to think about, oh man, I should have just stayed home. There's so much stuff I need to do. And when I get home, I'm exhausted. And it's just like a continuous cycle that I've, I've been noticing that I go through. And I, I think you've had it as well, Sean, when you've been on long trips and you're, you say, I just can't wait to get home. And then when you get home, three days later, you're starting to plan the next trip because you're like, you're itching to go back out again. It's just a crazy cycle that I wanted to talk about and see if other people felt the same way. And what do you guys think about it? Are you kind of in the same boat or, or, or am I crazy? Yeah, I mean, uh, I certainly have struggled with this over the years. Uh, I've been traveling for quite a long time now. And uh, so clearly it's a, a passion of mine, but certainly it's difficult to find balance. This year, I've been on the road, I think, half the year. So it's been something I have struggled with where uh, when I'm on the road, sometimes I'm overly tired and I'm not enjoying things as much as I should be. And then when I'm home, I'm sort of dreaming about it. So I'm actually, ironically, in the same position as you. I'm coming off of like, I think, four of the last six weeks I've been on the road right now, and I just want to be home for a while. So I'm definitely feeling that. And uh, and I, I can see, that, I can see uh, using the word uh, addiction, I don't know that it's affecting all of our lives as negatively as, uh, as that. And we're not trying to cheapen that word, but it's certainly something that uh, if you looked at it from the outside, uh, the way that we travel, the frequency that we travel is not necessarily the most balanced thing, or at least certainly for me. And uh, how about you? For, how about you, Joe? Yeah. I mean, in terms of the terminology, you know, I mean, I agree for most people, addiction might be extreme. In the past, I've heard like travel bug used. I think it's, uh, especially for travel hackers, it's like somewhere between the word bug and addiction. Like it's not as kind of trivial as travel bug might sound like that just sounds like, Oh, I want to go somewhere or have a little bit of cabin fever or something. Addiction is like, you know, it's like controlling your life. Um, it's definitely somewhere in between. And I think depending on when you catch me on any given year, like I might be closer towards actually being addicted than the bug for me, it's a little bit different. You know, my schedule is much more constrained and also thankfully I have a wife who does not let me travel all the time. I'm not even saying that tongue in cheek. Like I think if I could travel all the time or she uh, was more open to that, I would travel a lot more, but I think ultimately to the detriment of our relationship and also uh, my family personally. For me, the addiction is I'm just always searching for trips, right? Because I only get like three to four trips a year or I get like five to six trips a year, but only two to three of them are on my own. And then three to four of them are with my family, but like, I'm always searching for them and I'm always thinking about the next place that we want to go and um, where we want to go. And so, you know, I think that is kind of where my addiction is. And 
Mark, I think you had mentioned this. You may have said something to the effect of like you get a high when either when you travel or when you book travel or both. I right there with you. Like I think endorphins get released in my body when I like, you know, book that next trip or when I get a credit card sign up bonus. So, you know, there's definitely something there. I think, you know, if left unchecked, uh, that could end up being a bad thing. I do want to highlight what uh, a commenter left on Mark's original post. Um, Commenter Emily said, I think part of it for me is that there are things I'm happy with in myself and my life and planning a trip and being away seems like the easiest way to deal with them without ever really solving them. And that really hit home for me just because, you know, I find like if things are rough at work or at home or in any of my relationships, I do find myself kind of seeking that escape and searching for trips is kind of part of that. And so, you know, I thought that was a really profound comment by Emily and there were a lot of profound comments left, but that one really stood out to me. Yeah. Yeah. And I did, I I do want to single out Emily's comment and, and that was probably the most profound comment. I didn't put it in the follow-up post because it was so profound and so personal. Too real. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't want to like, in case she didn't want it shared again, which I know she put it in a public place. So I, it, it's fair game, pretty much. But. Also, good thing no one listens to this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Emily, if you're listening, sorry that we called you out. But I didn't want to put it in the next one just because I I almost felt like I was calling her out. for, And she gave so much you know, honesty in that comment. And it's such a, a profound thing. And it's so honest. And it's so real. And it, I think it's a, a, something that a lot of people struggle with that, hey, things are going bad or I'm, I'm fighting with, with my spouse or you know my mother or whatever. I'm just going to go on a trip and I'll forget about it. And that's part of the the joy of travel is that you leave your life behind, you leave the work stress behind. So I think that is part of it that a lot of people go on a lot of trips because they're trying to get away from their real life. And when you're on, I feel like when you're on vacation, you're your best self. You're happier. You're willing to try new things. You're willing to talk to different people or you might be more of an shell when you're at home. So it brings out your best person. And so I think that drives people to travel as well. And one thing I will say that in the second post, uh, the follow-up post, what I wanted to drive home was I feel like we are almost pressured into traveling more because we know we can. We're chasing the deal. We know we can do it for cheap. So we feel like, hey, I can do it, so I should do it. And I just want to say, like, just because you can doesn't mean you have to or you should. So that's something to take away from this, that we have the ability to do more than most, but that doesn't mean that we have to use it all the time. Sometimes... Just staying home is fine. Don't feel pressured to travel more than you need to. Yeah, and we're all in different places too in our um, in our travels. So when you first get into miles and points, maybe you want to fly in you know some crazy premium cabins. So you do weird things like book twenty four hour layover after twenty four hour layover, so you can try all these different products, and and that's okay. Um, but uh, I think that uh, Mark, your your honesty about this and the honesty of a lot of the commenters is really refreshing. Um, I know myself the last couple of years, I've enjoyed traveling by myself significantly less than I used to. And so I'm trying to seek out times where I can really go with my family because um, I get lonely on the road. It can get really depressing, even though I'm in an amazing place and doing amazing things, staying in wonderful hotels and really doing what I love, something that I've been doing for the last 13 years and really have dedicated my life to. I do love travel that deeply, but uh, even then it's not always enjoyable and we need to find balance. And Uh, I just, like I said, I appreciate the honesty. Uh, We had some interesting conversations with people specifically on Facebook where they were just attacking. And um, I don't know what they want from us. Do you want us to like sell you a fake bill of goods? uh, Or do you want us to be honest about, you know, about ourselves? You're getting 
some honest commentary and you're getting an honest discussion. And I really, really appreciate that. And I appreciate the ability to be honest with myself and look at, okay, where, where am I, where can I improve when it comes to travel, improve my life at home, improve my life with my family and uh, still get that sort of, you know, I guess that juice that I get when I do travel because it does fuel me in some ways. And so I, that's a part of me too. Yeah. I, you know, speaking of being honest, like, you know, I have that upcoming trip that I talked about and I am taking that one solo. So thanks for getting me really excited about being depressed and alone <laughs> in my hotel room. Joe's going to be in like dove chocolate in his hotel room. Um, but um, joking aside, you know, like today I was, you know, with my three kids at soccer practice. Well, one of them had soccer practice and I had to watch the other two. And it was like a very expansive playground. So I was just like split between three different human beings, uh, young human beings at the same time. And it was like really stressful. And the kids were like not on their best behavior and it was driving me nuts. And, you know, obviously during that time, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to get out of here in a couple of weeks, which I think is fine, like in a vacuum, right? Like every once in a oh, while, yeah. you got to get, you gotta like get away. And like, you know, I always encourage my wife to get away. Like she'll go visit her sister or go see her friends or whatever. And I think that's fine. Like we all need a break. However, one thing that, you know, you made me think of, Sean, is that I do feel like my whole travel thing moved further away from being a bug on the spectrum and closer to an addiction as my responsibilities grew. Because to me, like a true addiction is like when you ignore your responsibilities and, you know, ignore the important things in your life for that. And so if I was always like traveling to escape from my kids, then I think I would really need to look at myself in the mirror, which is, you know, leads me to my corollary. If you still don't have kids, don't have a spouse, don't have those responsibilities. That's the time to just feed your travel addiction um, as long as you're not ignoring any other responsibilities, because that's when you can get away and you're not like putting people in a bind. You know, I feel bad. Like I'm only gonna be gone for two nights, but you know, I feel bad leaving my wife with the three kids because we have so much stuff going on because um, they're so young. Um, so, you know, when those responsibilities are low, I think that's the time. That's the best time to be a travel hacker because you have all these miles and you can do all these things. You can do these 24 hour layovers, uh, which I can't do anymore. Plus, you only have to pay for one person when you're <laughs> when you don't have wife and kids. Yeah. Your miles yeah, go more. much further. <laughs> yeah. Great point. Great point. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, uh, I'm glad that we got to have this honest discussion and I'm glad, thank you everybody who commented on both Facebook and on the posts and shared their stories and shared their own struggles and their sort of realizations when it comes to this, because I know for us travel is a huge part of our lives and our readers as well. I know that I'm glad that I'm sort of looking at that and trying to figure out where I can find more balance when it comes to uh, travel slash home life. And, and don't put Mark on blast on Facebook. I mean, come on guys. Like, He's just being honest, you know, Facebook is not the greatest place to have a nuanced discussion. Um, not that the comment sections are much better, but you know, it's a little bit better. You know, I mean, I think he was just talking about his honest experience and I never read it as a humble brag. In fact, you guys told me that the comments were popping off. And so I went to um, your original blog post, Mark, and I was like, oh, these comments are actually pretty nice. So Great job, people who are commenting on Mouse Memories. And then you guys showed me the Facebook posts. And I was like, oh, this is what I was expecting. Yeah. Um, Got a little so, dark over there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, you know, I, I think um, we don't know where anyone else is. And so at least I personally do my best trying not to comment on, you know, people's decisions and how they're feeling and what they make. And so, you know, uh, afford internet uh, figures, I guess, quote unquote, celebrities, influencers, travel fanboy, you know, the, the same respect. 
you don't know where we're coming from, but we're trying to be as honest as possible. So I really appreciate it if, uh, you know, you kind of didn't slam us for whatever right or wrong decisions we're making, you know, slam us behind our backs. And we, and we welcome discussion too, respectful discussion. And it turned on Facebook away from that. And people started making up stuff and inferring stuff that wasn't there and just being really sort of negative and hateful. And uh, that's just not what we're about. We're about honest stuff. If you want fake travel pictures, go to Instagram. There's lots of people that are posting fake things about their travel. If you want real stuff and real people, then that's what you get with us. And uh, we're happy to have a discussion because we're not always right. Or maybe uh, you don't feel like we're right. And we'd love to hear other people's opinions. So it's not about us shutting down people that disagree. It's just about uh, having a constructive uh, discussion so that we can all learn and become better people. Word. All right. Anything else to say, Mark, about your quote unquote addiction? No, I think uh, we summed it up pretty well. So I'm happy. <laughs> all right. Well, let's uh, move on to our quick hits. Uh, each week, we uh, just highlight a few uh, promotions, things that you should know. And you can always check out the website to uh, to get more information. We have a great uh, post that Mark did on the website this week, uh, Hotel and Car Rental Promo Roundup. So he sort of just summarized all of the uh, promotions ongoing from Hilton, Hyatt, IHG, and then National and Avis Car Rentals. I'm not going to go through every single one, but uh, Hyatt has a bunch of promotions right now that you can actually stack, like booking through the app. Um, and then they have a double or triple points promotion uh, coming up. So we got links for all of that. And, uh, of course, IHG has come back with their Accelerate uh, promotion. Did either of you guys get a good offer uh, on this time around? I haven't had a good offer in, like, seven years. So, no. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm with Mark right there. Yeah. Uh, that would be a negatory. Yeah, IHG and just Accelerate, if you haven't heard of it, it's just a sort of a gamification of a promotion. So they give you different tasks that you have to complete. Sometimes, occasionally, somebody gets a really good one. Uh, but, uh, like I said, like Mark said, for years, I haven't got a good one. So... And then uh, also uh, the other really big promotion that's back is National Car Rentals One Two Free, uh, which is really really good and it's been really lucrative me for me over the last couple of years since I rent from them quite often uh, for reselling and things. And uh, basically the way it works is that for every two rentals you get one free rental day, and so even if you do two single day rentals you'll get a free rental day. So it can be really really good way to get a great rebate on your spend if you have to rent cars. And uh, like I said, there's other promotions and we have links to everything on the site. If you want to get more information about those, uh, you guys have anything to add about any of those promos? Uh, help a newbie out. Does national have, cause I'm like, I'm pretty much a Hertz loyalist. Does national have um, like, you can walk straight to the car and not have to go to a counter to talk to a human. Oh yeah. And uh, maybe uh, someday we'll, we'll highlight some ways that you can match national uh, status because it's pretty easy to get executive elite status, which basically gets you great upgrades. But yeah, they have the Emerald Isle. So if you just sign up for their Emerald Club and you're at a midsize or larger, you can walk to the Emerald Isle and pick any car. And then if you get executive status, which you can get through various credit cards, then you can actually go to the executive aisle where theoretically they have nicer cars. And then I have executive elite status, uh, which just means I pretend like I own the place and just take whatever I want and they never stop me. So uh, it's pretty darn cool. Mm, but you have to pay for extra gas. Well, if you want something big, but uh, sometimes you can get a nice sports car or whatever. But yeah, national, I, they're not always the cheapest, but when you can get, uh, especially if you have shorter rentals, one, two free is a great promotion. There's also other uh, uh, things that you can do like 
to earn basically each rental earns you uh, 300 points and then 600 points get you a free night. But there's other things like if you rent from a neighborhood location, you can earn points. So you can actually earn quicker than even the one free night for every two rentals. So uh, we have more information on the site, but it's a really great promotion, probably the best promotion in all of the rental car space. And then uh, let's move on to our final thing, which is just the chase has uh, released their fourth quarter bonus categories for their very popular freedom card. And that's going to be department stores, PayPal and chase pay. Mark wrote about what he, his game plan for him really quick. Mark, what is your game plan for those categories on the chase freedom in the fourth quarter? I'm probably going to maximize most of it or max it out on uh, PayPal. A lot of it will be if hopefully eBay has some good uh, gift card deals that we can pay through PayPal digital gifts or just the standard eBay actually, and just pay with PayPal. Uh, and then I, I'll use that three sell. Usually in the fourth quarter, they have a lot of deals for the holidays and stuff that you can either make a money or, or break even. Uh, and then you're getting the points for free or as a plus. So that's my plan. Uh, no, another one that people brought up was using Chase Pay through Samsung Pay um, in at Costco. And you can get five times that way. So that's another good one to use. Yeah, I think with all the money people tend to spend in the fourth quarter between department stores, PayPal, and then Chase Pay, I think they should have plenty of opportunity to max out the $1,500 in spend to earn the 5% cash back. And then, of course, if you have a premium Chase card, you can... Those are basically ultimate rewards that you can transfer over to travel partners, get even more value back. So anything to add uh, on those categories, Joe? Nope. Just don't forget to hit those gas stations before the end of September. For sure. And then make sure that you also uh, register and activate the uh, fourth quarter categories so that you are earning the 5% back. All right. And that is our show for today. Um, I think that hopefully you enjoyed it. I really enjoyed this conversation. And if you did enjoy the show, please consider subscribing if you aren't already subscribed. You can find links to uh, to the subscription uh, to our feed at mtmpodcast.com. And uh, right there, you can uh, click to Apple, to Google, to uh, Joe's favorite, which is Stitcher. No, is that your favorite, Joe? I don't know. But uh, I just made Stitcher. that up. <laughs> I just made that up. No one uses Stitcher. But we have they're, links they're to making Stitcher. A, they're making a big push um, um, you know, by hiring Conan. We just lost three fans of Stitcher now. Thanks a lot, Joe. They're mad at us. But uh, we do have Apple on there, and most of our listeners seem to be using Apple Podcasts or Google. So please consider giving us a review. Also, you can uh, email either myself or Mark, Sean at milestomemories.com, Mark at milestomemories.com, or Joe is asthejoeflies at gmail.com with any feedback, questions, anything you have. We'd be happy to uh, answer it for you. And, uh, with that said, thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next week. Peace Bye. out. Bye. Bye. I'm trying to be Sean. Bye. <laughs> Boom. Nobody likes that. Bye. <laughs> All right. <laughs>
Can we can we do just one without mentioning its Honestly, name? Honestly, the reality is we haven't had Disney as an actual topic since like episode two or three. Everything that we said are just like asides. That is true. And okay, we'll continue, one, we'll continue to keep it that way. We're, we're one, trying to be broad. And here. also, Mark, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, you say this, but I already had said it in like the first three minutes that I was planning a Disney trip. So, like, it's not, it's not like I, it's not like I screwed the pooch here. I screwed it much, much earlier. That's true. That's true. 